Good morning. It's good to see you all out today. It has been a true joy thus far to worship together, to sing praises to God, to pray to him, to remember our Lord's death. Such a wonderful morning and time well spent as brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. You can keep your finger there in Matthew chapter 5 if you'd like. We'll come back to that uh, in a moment, but we're going to begin in Romans chapter 12. We're going to read together the first eight verses of this chapter as we begin our lesson together this morning. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy if proportion, in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I've entitled the lesson this morning, Contribution Over Consumption. And really what I'm going to ask you to think about with me this morning is more of a mindset than anything But I want to challenge each of us as we're going to look at several passages of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, Matthew chapter 5, and others. And what we're going to begin to see is a pattern throughout the New Testament teaching that God expects his people to have a mindset that prioritizes contribution. And when I I say contribution, I don't want that to be confused with the act of worship that we participated in just a moment ago where we give of our means, that, that certainly is one aspect of contribution. But I, but I want us to think about this very broadly, that God calls us as his people to have a mindset that prioritizes contribution. And, and as I was thinking about this and the importance of it, I, I think it's important that, that I begin with, with a disclaimer that I am in no way intending to vilify consumption In fact, we'll talk about that in just a moment ago. That is something that all of us have to do. We understand that in our physical lives. If you're sitting here this morning, you are consuming oxygen. We have to consume water. We have to consume food. We we all consume, and we do so spiritually as well. And there, there is nothing at all wrong with that, and I don't intend in any way to vilify that. But the mindset that I want to challenge us all to consider this morning is the importance of prioritizing contribution over consumption. I thought about this analogy as I was putting this lesson together. We've all been, I've been to many of them here and other places as well. We've all been to potlucks, right? 
depending on what part of the country you're in, pitch-ins. We've, we've all been to them, right? And they're wonderful. You got, everybody loves a good potluck. You go and you have all the wonderful food that you can possibly think of. And you leave with your belly full. But that only happens, that only happens if we approach those events with a mindset of contribution. Because if all of us went to a potluck and none of us brought anything, then we're all going to leave hungry. But if we all approach that event with an attitude that I am going to contribute to the meal, I'm not going to contribute enough to feed everyone, but I'm going to contribute to the meal. And if we all take that approach, then we all go and we all eat until we're full. But it begins with a mindset that we're prioritizing the act of contribution to that event. So that, that's the premise, that's the mindset that I want to challenge you to think about this morning. And the reason why I think this is so important is the first point that's up on the screen behind me. It is so important for us as Christians to consider this idea because the world prioritizes consumption. Everywhere we turn, the world is prioritizing consumption. What can I get? How much can I get? Or even more, what can you give to me? What can you do for me? The world has prioritized the act of consumption everywhere that we turn. But did you notice in the reading from Matthew chapter 5 this morning how Christ addresses that idea? John read for us just a moment ago, what did Christ call on his people to be? Salt. Light. What does salt do? Salt gives flavor. What does light do? Light illuminates. If salt doesn't give flavor, then what does Christ say about it? It's worthless. It has no value if it doesn't give. If light isn't illuminating anything, then what's the purpose? It has no value any longer. And God says that's what we are to be. We are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That, by definition, means we are to give. We are to contribute. There are far too many people in this world who are very comfortable sitting back and saying, I'm here, feed me. I want to to maybe bring this to a little bit more of a specific point of application for just a moment, if you'll allow me to. I want us to think about our collective worship together in light of this. When we come together to worship, there is only one consumer of worship, and that is God. Every single one of us here is here to contribute. God is the one who consumes our worship. We give it. And sometimes we can fall victim of the mentality of, you know, that that preacher just didn't do it for me today. 
I can't believe I sat there for an hour and I got nothing out of this. I got, I got nothing out of my time together with these Christians this morning. Or man, I, the song leader just didn't lead any songs that I like. Mark just didn't pick out any songs that I like this morning. What is, what is that attitude reflecting? We're, we're coming dangerously close to suggesting that we are a consumer of worship. Even during a time like this, I'm speaking, you're listening, it's easy then to think I'm the one that's giving and you all are consuming. But even as we open up God's word together, what are we doing? We are giving praise to God. We are giving him glory. We are giving him honor. We are giving him the respect that he is due by opening up his word and learning from it and growing together through our study. Even in this moment, we are called to be contributing to worship. We can never fall victim to what the world deems as perfectly acceptable within these walls of our collective worship when we come here to give glory to God We cannot fall victim to a consumer mentality where all of a sudden it becomes about me. What can you give me this morning? What can you do for me this morning? What can you provide for me this morning? Now there is certainly an element in our worship in which we do grow and we are edified and we are uplifted. But in the same way that the potluck only works if everyone contributes first, our worship is only going to be edifying. It's only going to be encouraging. It's only going to be uplifting if we all come here with the mentality that I'm here to give. I'm here to give glory and honor to God in everything that we do, in every song that we sing, in every prayer that we pray. I am here to give glory to God. And a byproduct of that is that we'll all leave here full. We'll all leave here built up. But we cannot be conformed to what the world deems as acceptable and normal. We cannot approach worship with the idea that we are here to consume. One of the reasons why this is so important is at the end of the day, over-consuming truly is a form of pride. I'm going to ask you to turn over to Acts chapter 20 with me for just a moment. As Paul speaks to the elders from Ephesus, probably for the last time, he will write a letter to them uh, in the years to come, but seeing them face to face, potentially for the last time. And listen to what he says in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse number 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Such powerful words from Paul as he speaks to those elders in Ephesus. 
quoting our Lord, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, we know from some of Paul's other letters that he was the benefactor of the generosity of Christians in different places at different times, and he was very thankful and appreciative for those times. It's not about whether or not Paul ever took money from anyone or accepted help from anyone. That's not what, that's not what he's alluding to here. That's not what this is about. This is about Paul helping these elders in Ephesus develop and instill within them a mindset that it is truly better to give than to receive. And we have, we have with us even this morning, I can see several very young children, some even infants, and you may hear them from time to time throughout our service. Because when an infant needs something, if it's hungry and needs food, or if it's tired and needs sleep, without the ability to communicate verbally, it will cry. And it will make known that I need something. I I need to consume something. I need food. I need sleep. I need to be changed, whatever the situation might be. They make it very clear that they need something. Because they're at a stage in their life where they're wholly reliant and dependent on the parent for those needs. But the expectation is, as a child grows and as it develops the ability to contribute, that it's no longer going to cry and scream every time that it needs something. Our children will still have to be provided for, certainly, as will each and every one of us at times. But the expectation is that that child will grow and begin to develop the tools and the skills to contribute and not simply beg for consumption. And it's our role as parents to teach the children the value of that. And Paul is helping teach the elders in Ephesus the value of that. A mindset that simply demands that you give to me everything that I need, that is a mindset of self-centeredness. It is prideful. It is a communication that my needs are more important than yours. So stop what you're doing and take care of me. But as we grow and as we mature and as we learn and as we develop the tools and the skills that God gives to us, We also have to develop a mindset that recognizes my needs aren't any more important than yours. What I want isn't any more important than what you want. In fact, in fact, it's better that I give than to receive. And so I have to work at developing a mindset not only that says my needs aren't more important than yours, but your needs are more important than mine. And if I develop that mindset, and you develop that mindset, and you develop that mindset, and you develop that mindset, and everybody in this room develops that mindset, everyone's needs will be met. And that's the beauty of the instructions that God gives to us and the expectation that he has for his children. So we have to put pride away. We have to put self-centeredness away. And the more successful that we are at doing that, the more we can all grow together. 
Lastly, looking back to Romans chapter 12, where we read at the beginning of the lesson, there was a phrase in that reading that was used twice that I think is really important. Romans chapter 12 and and verse number 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. That that may seem like a very simplistic phrase, and and certainly perhaps it, it is. But I think it's worth noting as we read through the gifts that Paul talks about here in Romans chapter 12, and even how he frames it at the beginning of that chapter, there is no taking to be seen here. There is no indulgence that's listed. The gifts that God gives are to be used, which means we are to give of what we have been given. God has provided us with so many wonderful abilities and opportunities. But those gifts are only meaningful if they're given. You can be the most hospitable person in the world. If you, ever never, if you never invite anyone over to your home, then that hospitality means nothing. You could be the greatest teacher the world has ever seen, but if you're never willing to teach... Gift means nothing. So it's important that each of us do some self-evaluation and and think about uh, the abilities and the opportunities that we have been given and what can I do to use those? How can I prioritize contribution to others using the gifts and the abilities and the opportunities and the blessings that have been given to me? I came across a, a quote recently, and I, I tried to find who originally said it to attribute it to them, and I could not find that, so I apologize. But, but the quote goes like this. Society grows great when old men plant trees, the shade of which they know they will never sit in. And there is, I think there's a lot of truth in that statement, certainly from a societal perspective, But I want to perhaps springboard off of that to apply that to the Lord's church. I think we could also say that the Lord's church grows great when individually we do and we act and we give without regard of what we may receive in return. Certainly the quote is looking at generational giving or provision, and there's certainly truth to that. But I think even the value of developing a mindset that I'm going to do something for someone else regardless of what I get out of that is so crucial for the Lord's church to grow and to thrive. I'm going to step out and I'm going to invite someone over to my home, even though that makes me very uncomfortable perhaps, But I'm going to do so because I know the good that can come about from doing something like that. And it doesn't matter if they invite me over to their home. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to teach a Bible class for the first time 
And, and it doesn't matter if I get any adoration or praise for doing that. That's not why I'm doing it. But I'm going to do it because, because I believe that's something that, that I, have, I have a particular inclination to do. And so I'm going to step out and I'm going to do that. And there are so many different ways in which we can contribute as God's people. I, I just jotted down a, a few simple things. Even if you're not teaching a Bible class, the very act of going to Bible class and being prepared for that class is an act of contribution. You can share thoughts together, and together we can grow and come to a better understanding of what God has said by being there and participating and, and being excited about that. That is a form of contribution in, in that setting. And if we intentionally remove ourselves from that, then it's just like the potluck, the person who goes to the potluck without bringing anything. We need to be there so we can all contribute and grow together. We've already talked about the importance of developing that mindset within our worship. We need to develop that mindset when it comes to hospitality or the financial support of brethren. And there's a variety of different ways in which you may be thinking of ways that you can contribute right now. I would, I would encourage you even to make a list of those things. And then to be purposeful about acting in such a way as you, as Paul said in Romans chapter 12, use those opportunities. What are ways in which you can contribute to your brothers or sisters? When we all develop that mindset, we all grow and thrive and mature together. I think it's undeniable, undeniable, which is the right word there, that God has given us ways in which we can all contribute. There is no one here incapable of contributing. And when we all contribute, then when needs arise you can have full confidence that those needs will be met physically, spiritually, emotionally. We are called upon to meet the needs of others. And so maybe you find yourself in a time in life or a certain situation where, where you are consuming more because you're in a situation where that is needed. That's okay. That's okay. Because if all of us are contributing, that's exactly why we're doing that, so that those needs can be met and at a later stage in your life, perhaps you will be more on the contribution side of things and you'll be able to help someone else who may find themselves in a similar situation. And that's the beauty of the Lord's church. That's the beauty of the family dynamic that he has given to us. And this morning, as we begin to conclude our time together, I encourage you to, to think about, perhaps, if you're in a situation where you may need something from us. Because our purpose in life as Christians is to shine the light on the gospel and the great opportunities and benefits that God has given to the world through Christ. And that means if you find yourself in a situation where you are separated from him, then we want to help you we want to help you, to bring you closer to God. If that means you need to be baptized and come in contact with his blood and have your sins forgiven, we are ready to do that. 
and, and we would be so excited to help you in that way. And if you've, if you've done that in the past, but, but maybe you find yourself in a situation where you have separated yourself from God, and you've allowed sin to come in between that relationship. If collectively we can help you right now, nothing would make us happier than to help you during a time of need. Because one day, you'll be in a situation where you can help someone else in a time of need. And that truly embodies the beauty of the gospel message. We're here to help. We're here to grow. So that one day, we can spend eternity together in heaven, worshiping and glorifying our Father. If we can help you in any way this morning, please come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.